today I want to talk to you guys a little bit about fear. And so, you know, we're entering into this new season. I hear like all these stories about births and about being a mom and how scary it is. And, you know, when we talk about fear, there's certain fears that come and go. Like, like, for example, I'm afraid of spiders too. Like, like, not just like, I, I hate them because I can't kill them. Cause when I kill them, they make that little crunch sound. You know, I know, I know, I'm sorry, but I, so I can't. So whenever I see a spider, I like yell for Scott or I suck him up in the vacuum. But then someone told me that um, they crawl out of the vacuum. Is that true? So, um, so I've always like kind of freaked out about spiders. You know, the meme where the top part, it says, you know, I found a spider today. And then on the bottom, it it was a picture of a house on fire and says, I got it. That's like totally me. (laughs) So there are some fears in our life that totally do not dictate, you know, my entire life it doesn't you know I don't think about spiders all I don't have like arachnophobia or anything like that it's not a phobia certain fears come and go in our life certain things come you know I'm afraid of the ocean too I'm just gonna like be really open and honest with you guys today um I'm afraid of the ocean because when I went scuba diving one time I saw a shark and not like from a far distance like it was 10 feet in front of me coming towards me and it was a black tip shark and I will never forget it so I'm a little afraid of the ocean too but you know those kind of fears come and go right I don't I don't I don't stay up at night thinking about it it doesn't disturb me I don't cry myself to sleep because of it right so so there are certain fears that we all have that are just kind of natural But then there are certain fears that we have that we don't even realize grip our very thoughts, dictate our actions. It changes how we say things, what we say, how we think, what we do. And so those are kind of the fears I want to talk about. There's a ton of different things that we can be afraid of, right? When we open the news nowadays, when we look on Facebook, when we, you know, even when we watch TV or we watch the presidential elections, whatever it is, There are things that they talk about that really create fear in us. We can be afraid of shootings, uh, terrorists, GMO foods, right? Vaccines, diseases, right? Not to mention, did you know that you can be afraid of fear itself? It's called phobophobia. Like, are you serious? (laughs) When I was looking this up, I'm like, this is real. Like, people are afraid of being afraid, (laughs) And so you can just imagine our world right now is just gripped with various fears that can creep up in our life. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to 2 Timothy 1.7? And we're going to talk about the scripture. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't that good? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When Scott and I were um, going from D.C. to Baltimore, and he has some friends there, we rode the subway. And it was like a long day of walking, and we just had a great time, and I was exhausted. And so when we got into the subway, we got into the car, we sat there, and we just kind of had our eyes closed, just resting. And it was pretty peaceful. It was about a half an hour ride. And probably four or five stops from where we needed to get off, um, the car was starting to get full, and this gentleman comes on. And um, he was shouting. And look, I know, like, I am really loud. Like, I probably don't even need a microphone. But he was shouting, like, as if he had a microphone. And at first you thought, oh, this guy might just be on the, 
like telephone talking to somebody, a friend or whatever. And he had like a really deep um, accent. And so I couldn't quite understand. Well, at first it was fine. Like, okay, this guy might just be talking really loud. But then as you started seeing everybody else in the car, like people started getting uncomfortable. People started looking at him. And um, I kind of tried because he was sitting behind me and I was facing forward. I didn't want to be like, you know, like, who is that? But then you started picking up various words like ISIS and war and weapons and guns. And I sat there and I'm like, I still don't really know what this guy's talking about, but now I'm a little like uncomfortable, right? Like, I don't know what this guy's about to do. And this is what happens. Fear starts to creep up and then it starts painting these pictures in your mind about what could happen. Like it starts with the what if, right? What if this is the last day of my life. What if this guy is proclaiming something and a bomb goes off? What if, and, and then you start having these crazy thoughts that is because this guy is shouting some words you don't even know. So Scott leans over to me. He's like, hey, like, do you want to just get off at the next stop and we'll wait for the next train? And I was like, yeah, I think, I think so. So we get off and we wait for the next train. Uh, there was no news about any subway bombing or anything like that. Everybody was safe. But, but what happened? It's fear that crept up. It started playing these paintings and pictures and thoughts in my mind. And then it dictated my action. I got off, I got off at that train, right? And, and the thing is, we don't realize that, you know, sometimes we can say, oh, like, I'm just afraid it's not a big deal. But we don't realize that we actually believe whatever it is those pictures are doing in our mind. Because if we didn't believe it, I wouldn't have gotten off the train. Isn't that true? Fear becomes realities in our mind that, that we think it could happen. What if it does happen? And then our actions move according to that fear. So what I like to say is fear is really our faith in the devil. Isn't that true? Because if we believe what God says, if we believe God's truth, then we would never be moved by fear of anything else. Fear of anything else above God. If, if I am dictated, if my actions and my thoughts are dictated by fear, then that means it is not rooted in faith and it's not rooted in love. God does not use fear. Isn't that true? Doesn't the Bible say perfect love casts out fear? Aren't we moved by God's love and not faith of fear, right? So whenever we have that fear, we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? What am I thinking? How, what am I saying? Is it being dictated by fear? Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the difference between fear of the Lord and fear of anything else? Well, fear of the Lord brings us to freedom, right? When, when we fear the Lord, what that's saying is we have this constant awareness of God's word and God's truth, that his word and truth is what really pinpoints what we, what we say, how we think, or how we act. When we fear the Lord, we understand, I believe everything that God is saying, whether it's good or bad, right? Heaven is really, really good, isn't it? Hell is really, really bad, right? But we believe in both, don't we? 
when we talk about God's truth and God's word, we believe in the good things that God is saying, and we believe in the bad things that God is saying. When we believe God's truth, that is the fear of the Lord. I believe that what God is saying is true. That's what we're saying. So when we fear, oh, yeah, yeah, God's agreeing with me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so when we have the freedom, when we fear God, God leads us to freedom. So when we know that what God is saying is true and we begin to obey what he says, that leads us to freedom. That leads us to bondages being broken. That leads us to lies being dismissed, right? It leads us to freedom. When we fear anything else, what that fear does is it really pushes us into a darkness of uncertainty, of unknown, the what ifs in our head, right? The what ifs in our head become to dictate our actions. It dictates our thoughts. And then really we're pushed into a corner. And then we're like, I don't even know what's true. I don't even know what I can believe. Have you ever thought that? Like, I don't even know what's going on right now, right? So, so that is the big difference. When we fear God, it leads us to freedom. When we fear anything else, we put that thing above God's truth. So King David once wrote in Psalm 56.3, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. The king that went after God's own heart even said to the Lord, I am afraid, right? So it's not a matter of if you're ever going to be afraid. It's a matter of when you're going to be afraid because there are moments that are very real. When, when Paul wrote um, to Timothy about, hey, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind, um, what was happening in that moment, there was King Nero, who was killing off Christians left and right, right, dragging them out into the middle, into the public, and slaughtering them. It was a very real and scary situation, right? So that's not to say that scary situations don't come our way. It's not to say that we don't get scary reports and, and bad news or something that happens in our life. What I am saying, though, is that when God says you don't have to fear, it's because he is still in control, that, that he has a good hope and a future for us, right? That we have a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind, that we haven't been left to just ourselves to battle this thing. So in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid 365 times. That's one time every day for a year. Isn't that perfect? So, so when the Bible repeatedly talks about something, then you know it's important, right? So God totally knows that we deal with fear all the time. And so he repeatedly says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. 365 times. Being free from fear doesn't mean that we don't encounter it. It means that we're not ruled by it, Right? When we encounter it, we have a choice. We can allow it to dictate our thoughts and our actions, or we can go back to the word and say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying about the situation? The Bible also says, saying comes like a roaring lion seeking him whom he may devour, right? 
And um, did you know that a roar of a lion can be so loud that it actually paralyzes its prey? Isn't that interesting? But really, it's not really the roar, right, that people are afraid of. It's not the roar that the prey is afraid of. It's, the, it's what the roar implies. It's that danger is near and you could die. Right? That's really what the roar of a lion implies to a prey, and then they get really scared. And isn't that what Satan just loves to do with us? He likes to roar big and loud. And then we start having these what ifs play in our mind. And then we get moved around like pawns on a chessboard because his roar is so big and loud. But really, he has no teeth. Isn't that true? And I'm going to prove it to you. Because just like the scripture was saying, we have the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what is the spirit of power? So power in Greek is dunamis. It means mighty works. It means dominion. It means authority. Luke ten nineteen, Jesus is talking to his followers. And he says to them, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Um, Jesus repeatedly says in the Bible that all authority and power has been given to him by God the Father. And then Jesus goes on and says to his followers, look, and now I've given you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. So who's more powerful, us or the enemy? Us. Absolutely us. So the thing is, sometimes we think, well, but I'm nothing, right? I'm nobody. This is the thing. We have the authority of the power. We're not the initiator of the power. The power doesn't come just from me, my own little self, right? When Paul goes around and he, he, he healed a bunch of people, there was this one time he healed a lame man who couldn't walk, and he comes up and he says, be healed. The guy comes up and starts walking around, and everybody in the village was like, <gasps> and they said, look, Paul, and they start praising Paul, and this is what Paul says. Paul says, why do you look at me earnestly as if by my own power or holiness I made this man walk? Because Paul knew, look, we are just the conduit. The power comes from above. It comes through us, and we have the authority to make it happen, right? We have the authority. The power comes through us. We have the authority. That's what Jesus says over and over and over in the Bible, that the power that Jesus had is above any other power in the world, and we have access to it. So why do we not need not to be afraid? Because we have the spirit of power to change circumstances, to change lives, to change people, right? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Did you know that if we never saw any miracle, if there was no testimonies, if people didn't get saved, transformed, if, if there was no healing, if there was no bondages being broken, that the Bible is just then a bunch of words in a book that's like any other book on the shelf. It might as well be a fairy tale. But that's not what happens, right? To this day, we continue to see testimonies in the power of God working. That's why it's the living word of God. Because God's word is continually living on a day-to-day -day basis, changing circumstances throughout the world. Amen? So the kingdom of God is not in word. It's not just in word. We might look at the Bible. We might open it and say, well, this is, this is a great story. I love David and Goliath. Right? And it's a great story. And we don't realize, no, there's power in the word. Yeah. 
That same power that David used to kill Goliath with a stone is the same power that is in us today. Amen. What is the spirit of love? So 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. You know that's true. Fear involves torment. How many of you guys have ever stayed up late at night worrying and thinking about what ifs? Oh, come on, you guys. Come on. I know there's more of you out there. I know. We all know. We all know what that feels like. Well, we cannot sleep because there's just this thing playing in our mind that says, what if? What if this happens? What if I lose my job? Right? What if my, what if my kids don't know the Lord? What if? And you just keep playing. And it, and it doesn't bring any freedom. Has worrying ever got us anywhere? Has worrying ever solved any problems? No, fear involves torment. Torment. Fear is from the enemy to come and torment us. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When John wrote this, he's not, he's not saying this as a rebuke. Like, oh, well, you should already know how much God loves you, so you shouldn't fear. That's not what he's saying. This is a gentle reminder that when, when he says there is no fear, when perfect love casts out fear, he's saying it doesn't even matter if you make a mistake. It doesn't even matter if you miss the mark because God's love never goes anywhere. It's never ending. He's always near. When you walk away from God, he is still there for you. Isn't that true? God's love is not conditional. It's not conditional by what we do, what we say, how we act. He will never abandon us. That's why when, when we say we don't have to have fear because we have perfect love, we don't have to be afraid that when we make a mistake, God's going to turn us back right? We don't have to be afraid that when we are not perfect, that God's not going to come through for us. Because, because all of those things, the fact that we're not perfect is exactly the gospel. Because when we're not perfect, God made a way so that we could still have relationship with him. Isn't that true? Isn't that what the scripture is saying? We do not have to fear because perfect love, one that never goes away, that never turns its back, that never abandons us, it's always there, and that can cast out fear. And when we have and understand that love, then we can love others so much better. Not perfectly, but so much better. When I understand that I don't have to be good enough, right? When I understand that I am not earning the love of God, when I understand that I don't have to be afraid of rejection or people or disappointment or fear of man or whatever, I can love my husband better. Right? Because then I don't have to, I don't have this, this weird like, well, then he has to love me this way. And then you guys know that game, right? Right? The cycle. Right? You love to gain and, and then they don't do it and then you get mad. Right? Any of you guys in a marriage? <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> Isn't that true? But when you have the love of God, you can love the other person better because there's no condition. Right? You can, I can love my family better. And then, and then this is the thing. I can love myself better. Right? When we have and understand the love of God, we no longer withhold ourselves out of fear, but we give our love freely. Right? It's an unlocking. It's a freedom. Right? What is the spirit of a sound mind? In Greek, it means, and I'm not going to say the word because I don't even know how to say it. Um, it means delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected. 
Isn't that good? I'm going to say that one more time. When we have the spirit of a sound mind, that means that our minds can be delivered. Our minds can be rescued. Our minds can be revived. Our minds can be salvaged. Our minds can be protected. How many of you guys have ever been like, I, my mind is so crazy. I don't, I don't even know one thought from another. I don't even know where one thing ends and another thing starts and all of this stuff, right? Things, we, we have times where the Bible says, look, when we are a double-minded man, it's like being tossed to and fro in the wave. Isn't that true? Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you just cannot stand on solid ground and that no matter what comes your way, you're just being tossed one way and then something else comes and you get tossed another way? That is not a sound mind. But God is saying, look, but I have given you a spirit of a sound mind. Right? I have given you a spirit of a sound mind. And this is what it says. We have been given a spirit of a sound mind that protects us that protects us, isn't it good? Like we don't have to protect ourselves. That protects us from those crazy, absurd, illogical thoughts that come and go in our brain, right? Have you ever been in a place where you, you sit there and you're like, maybe even right now as you're listening to, me, listening to me teach, a crazy thought comes to your mind. You're like, whoa, and then it goes away, right? Things come and go. Crazy thoughts come and go. And God's saying, look, I have given you a spirit of a sound mind. And then this is how we actually use it. You know you have a spirit of power. You know you have a spirit of love. You know you have a spirit of sound mind. But you know sometimes you don't even use it. It's like a tool just in a toolbox in a garage that you never look at. It's totally true. Just because you have something doesn't mean you have to use it. It is a choice. So when we have a spirit of a sound mind, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit brings to remembrance what? God's truth. Usually the word of God, right? But did you know that, um, you know, we say like, hey, read your Bibles every day here at The Rock. And it's not because, oh, like Angie was saying, it's a checklist. You know, you just check it off and God loves you more. That's so not true. Like we don't read our Bibles every day so God loves you more. We don't read our Bibles every day so that you can get to heaven. We don't read the Bibles every day so that you can feel better about yourself. We read our Bibles every day because the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things in the word that will help you have a sound mind. Did you know that you cannot remember something you don't know? Is that true? You cannot remember something you don't know. And if you don't read your Bible, then you don't know. Isn't that true? If you don't read your Bible, how are you going to know what, says, what it says in there? And then some of you guys might think, like, well, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. And, that you know, the Holy Spirit can. And that's totally true. But there is nothing like opening the word of God, just sitting down and reading the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to take a passage and apply it directly to your life and your situation. And that happens all the time. You can't get that in a sermon. You can't. Sermons are great. It, it disciplines us, it molds us, it gets our mind sharp, but there is nothing like getting into the word yourself and having those stories, having a scripture just speak life into you. Isn't that true? And so read your Bibles every day so that the Holy Spirit can bring to your remembrance things that you've read and have applied. Um, back in March, um, Scott had a physical exam and, um, and everything was totally normal. It was like his yearly physical, like he didn't go because something happened, but he went for his yearly exam and, 
And while there, you know, he had to give a urine sample and all the stuff. Everything was fine. Everything was great, except there was traces of blood in his urine. And so yeah, the doctor was like, well, you know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like a count of five. I, I don't even really know what that means. I just know that there's, okay, five. You know, I don't know what normal is. They said that's pretty, like, that's pretty normal. Everybody has a little bit. And so just keep an eye on it, um, you know, just, you know, next time you come in, make sure that, like, we review that or whatever. Well, about a month ago, Scott had, like, some skin tags because he's getting old. He's 10 years older than me, and so I always like to make fun of him. Um, and clearly, I, make, I keep him young, so, you know. But he went in for some skin tags, and the guy, you know, while there, he had to give urine sample again. The skin tags turned out totally normal. Everything was fine, except that the traces of blood is now 50. So the doctor was a little, you know, a little like, well, let's talk about your history. So in his family, his dad and his brother both had cancer, totally healed by Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. But it's still in his history. So the doctor said, hey, look, we, we probably need to do some tests to make sure that, you know, there, we got to find out why this is happening, why it's increasing, all this stuff. So he comes home and he tells me about some of the tests that he needs to do and um, and we, you know, we prayed. We prayed right then and there. We grabbed hands and we said, "Lord, you know, like you heal, you made this body, you heal this body, you know." And um, and then and then it was fine, except it wasn't fine because over the next week before his next appointment, I had raging battles in my mind, <laughs> raging battle. Look, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but I still, it's still a battle, right? We don't battle. Uh, for victory, battle from victory, but it's still a battle. We still have to walk it out, and it's still really difficult. And so, so over the course of that week, I can't tell you how many times, like I would cry, or I would have those what ifs, and some thoughts come and go. Like, like some thoughts would just come into my mind and just go, and I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then some, my, some thoughts come into my mind. They build these cute little nests, and then they won't stop chirping right? And then all you can think about is the what if. And I'm just going to be real with you. Like some of the thoughts is like, what if I have to raise this child by myself? What if we cannot pay all of these medical bills? What if on and on and on and on? Those were, th those were the very real battles, right? And, and so for like a day or two, I like was like having a pity party for myself, right? Like crying and thinking about the what ifs. And, you know, you think like, well, maybe whatever, you know, but then I was like, look, I just need to get over it. This is ridiculous. And I went back to the word and it was second Timothy first one seven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but I have been given a spirit of power of love and of a sound mind, right? Power to change circumstances, to change situations, to change people, the, the, power, the spirit of love where I can understand and receive. God's love is not one that abandons me. God's love is one that says, no, I have a good future and a hope for you. And one of a sound mind where I don't need to keep battling with this stuff. Like it should just come and go, right? Like I, I need to have a stable mind where I know and, and can stand on God's truth. And so I just said, this is, this is enough. I'm not going to be jerked around by Satan any longer. And so I began to declare wholeness and healing over Scott's body because we have the spirit of power. I began to declare that we receive God's love because God's love never changes and never goes away and never abandons us. It gives us a hope and a future, right? And that I have a spirit of sound mind, that I am no longer just going to cry on the spot. And part of it might be because I'm pregnant. I understand. But I am no longer going to have all these crazy thoughts in and out of my head. So after all of the tests 
yeah, um, his last one was this past Thursday, actually. And let me just say, it came back clear and normal. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so, so I don't know what you walked in here today with. It could be a very real situation, like King Nero killing off all these Christians. It could be a bad report. It could be your fear of not finding a job or losing a job. It could be a fear of not being able to find a spouse because you're older or losing your spouse because something's happening. I don't know. What I do know, though, is that God is faithful, and he has given us the Holy Spirit for a reason, and that we have the power we have the love and we have a sound mind and he's given us everything so that we can walk into and through this battle with victory. Amen. Do you believe that?